Broadcasting from the UNMC College of Nursing, get ready for RN Huddle, the podcast dedicated to bringing hot topics for and by nurses to the table. Well, hello there, and welcome to this episode of RN Huddle. I'm your host, Heidi Keeler, coming to you from Omaha, Nebraska. And remember, in this period of isolation and and social distancing, we're not coming to you straight from the College of Nursing. We're doing this via Zoom. So if you hear any variations in our sound or the, the quality of what you're hearing, please excuse us, but just know that we're doing this for everyone's safety. And then today in our episode, we figured that we would take some time out to really consider our health and how we're dealing with the stress and the demands of the current environment. And so to do that, I've brought along a resident expert in fitness and wellness, Peter Pellerito, who works in our UNMC Center for Healthy Living. Hello, Peter. Hello. I'm so glad that you could join us today. You know, when I think about healthy living, um, I definitely see a picture of you. And I'm so glad that you're able to take a few minutes out of your day to help us to focus on our wellness. I really enjoy the opportunity to be here. Thank you very, very much. Wonderful. So for our listeners, Peter is just the pillar of health. He is always on the scene promoting a lifestyle, promoting physical activity, and really a voice to help us remember that we have this very important job of taking care of ourselves. And so, Peter, why don't you tell us a little bit about UNMC's Center for Healthy Living to get us started? The Center for Healthy Living is a fitness center on the UNMC campus. It's, it's available to uh, UNMC students, the employees and people that work on, on our campus, and, and it's also available for people that have any kind of tie to, uh, to UNMC. That's wonderful. And we recently went through a revision of our Center for Healthy Living. How has that been working out? You know, it's, it's been now three, uh, over three years, and they added a, an addition to the north side of the building, which is where we put our cardio equipment. It's, it's a wall of windows that overlooks the green space on campus. You know, I'm an addicted exerciser and didn't really pay much attention to the impact of the environment. But it's great to have that opportunity to look through those windows and see the the green space, even the weight room where the strength equipment is, was the student lounge. And um, it's got tall ceilings and overhead light and overlooks the activity court. We've got to add a lot of new technology to the facility so that in our fitness classrooms, we have uh, something called fitness on demand which is streaming video classes, 400 plus choices that that people can access anytime that we're open. And so it's really been a great opportunity to be able to update the Center for Healthy Living. Wonderful, it really shows commitment to this area of our lives. Peter, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your expertise in fitness and wellness? You know, I kind of think of myself as a gym teacher for adults. Uh, I have an undergraduate degree in physical education and a master's degree in health education. You know, I'm, I'm passionate about trying to help people lead healthier lifestyles and to try to look at it, you know, less of a responsibility, but something that they can actually enjoy doing, a, literally a sense, creating a sense of pleasure and purpose in their lives. 
That's great. Thank you for that. And, you know, health education is something that our listeners who are nurses all across the globe, we are invested in being patient advocates and in being health educators, you know, translating the the medical message to our clients. So with that, Peter, comes a lot of stress and busy schedules that nurses have to endure. You know, people don't stop getting ill. We have 24-7 services for many of our nurses. And so with the added stress of our current environment, our, our pandemic environment, we thought that it would be great if we could take a moment and talk a little bit about the importance of wellness, the importance of physical activity, and how we can incorporate those things into every day of our life. So I know that you have a lot of ideas on this. What do you, where do you think we should start in talking about fitness? Well, I, I think, you know, in light of our current experience with COVID-19, I think it's maybe a great opportunity to, to talk about the possibility, you know, of exploring a new way of living, to refocus on our lifestyle and on our everyday choices. And as tragic as the pandemic is for so many people, it, it really does afford us the opportunity to become grateful for something that we so often take for granted. It's very easy to ignore good health. But when our health is threatened, it, it can take on new meaning and, and greater relevance. You know, it's no longer just an expectation, but could potentially come this exceptional state of being. By getting us out of our routine, you know, adversity does enable us to reconsider our everyday choices. You know, because much of what we do is done out of habit. So by breaking our routines, you know, it forces us to stop, reflect, and reevaluate our options. Complacency is challenged, and we become open to new possibilities and, and opportunities. And currently, with so many suffering so much, you know, the goal of getting back to normal is, is natural. However, maybe we shouldn't just return to life as usual. Perhaps this experience can serve to promote a greater appreciation for feeling well and a peaked interest in, in protecting our health. According to the CDC, more than 859,000 Americans die of heart disease and stroke every year. And with 80% of premature chronic disease deaths attributable to our lifestyles, what we have considered to be normal is not necessarily optimal. You know, our everyday choices matter. So let's take this opportunity to rethink reality and reevaluate the way we lead our lives. As it relates to physical activity, People tend to, to think that it's difficult, it's dull, it's time consuming, but you don't necessarily have to put on special clothes and go to a special place to be involved in movement that matters. You know, you can do a stretch in less than one minute, an effective strengthening exercise in less than two minutes with nothing more than your body weight or inexpensive equipment like rubber band resistance. And you can accumulate cardio in short bouts throughout the day. We have this chance to question some limiting beliefs and rethink our reality and adopt new behaviors that can improve our well-being and serve as sources of pleasure and purpose in our lives. Wow, that is just so full of different considerations and points that we might want to dissect here. You know, when I think about our nurses, our listeners, we seem to really have experienced a divide. And so that divide is, where are you practicing? If you are practicing in a hospital, particularly in one that has been affected by the pandemic, 
then you've been faced with a new reality of being, you know, experiencing lots of different protective equipment type limitations and being in the hospital long hours and really enduring that that taxing schedule. And then that's also the, the other side of the divide is that if you were in a clinic or you were in nursing education or you were in visiting nursing, that maybe now you're no longer able to practice. And so maybe you are at home and your schedule is completely different. So what are your thoughts on how those two very separate situations can experience greater wellness with what they're facing? Well, you know, I think that, that one of the ways that we could maybe, again, rethink physical activity and make it more meaningful to, to everyone is the idea that, to some extent, we focus on physical activity as a means to building a better body. You know, we focus on things like health. We focus on weight management. And, and maybe one of the things that we should pay more attention to is that physical activity just doesn't provide physical benefits. I mean, it provides a, a great many physical benefits, increasing our wind or stamina, increasing our strength, increasing our range of motion, et cetera. But physical activity has incredible psychological benefits. In some studies, it's been shown to be a better treatment for mild to moderate depression than medication. It also improves anxiety. It has cognitive benefits like increasing focus, memory, and creativity. So, so looking at physical activity you know, as something that is able to, to have a much bigger impact on your life than just improving your physical capabilities or your health. That's really interesting to know. And when you think about psychological benefits and combating depression, I'm wondering what the effect of incorporating small bouts of exercise or wellness uh, exercises into your daily routine, what do you think the impact would be for those who are extraordinarily stressed in this current situation? One of the things that I'd like to talk a little bit about is a particular type of physical activity. And, and I, I think, again, even the idea that I'm calling it physical activity and not necessarily referring to it as exercise or workout, you know, that, that more than anything, I mean, physical activity is movement. But there are ways of looking at movement that can enable us to approach it in specific ways to get particular benefits. So one of the classic ways to think about physical activity is in terms of cardio, things like brisk walking, bicycle riding, stair climbing, rowing, etc. Things that get big muscles pumping rhythmically, sustained continuously. You know, that type of activity does work the muscles. It builds some strength in those muscles. It gives our heart and vascular system a workout, increases our ability to work or play harder, tire less readily. It's an effective means of burning calories. It uses fat as a fuel. You know, in terms of health, heart disease, currently the na nation's leading cause of death, people that are regularly physically active, at least on a, from a population perspective, have half the risk of developing or dying from heart disease. Strengthening exercises would be another, and stretching exercises would be a third. So what maybe I would like to do is to, to talk about the way people might approach stretching. Do you think that'd be a good idea? I think that 
when you talk about disassociating those negative feelings about workout and, and really associating physical activity with workout or, you know, pumping weights, you know, it puts people into a certain way of thinking. And I think anything that we can do to put people into an alternate way of thinking about physical activity and wellness, I think that would be a great idea. I think incorporating small bouts of various types of movement would be wonderful for our listeners. So short answer, yes, let's do it. So, so let's get started with people's approach to stretching and, and maybe thinking about it differently than you might have thought about it before. So for many people, what stretching is about is reaching farther. You know, they, maybe they have the goal of touching their toes. So if stretching is all about reaching farther, then it's more likely to be a relatively painful and unenjoyable experience. But what if instead what we did was we focused on simply trying to relax the muscles that were being stretched? So I create a stretch. As the muscles further relax, I ease into that stretch. I stay at that point just before the muscle contracts against the stretch. If I pull too far too fast and the muscle contracts, I ease off, I back up on the stretch to the point where the muscle can relax through the stretch. So what I'm doing there is I'm focused in the moment on relaxing my muscles. And you know, human beings, we don't just know, but we know we know. And we constantly question our situation. We've got these voices in our heads. We're worried about the bad things that happen today, the worst stuff that might happen tomorrow. So mindfulness is just focusing in the moment. And if I'm focused in the moment on relaxing my muscles, that itself can be a very enjoyable and rewarding experience. I can increase that in the moment focus simply by also focusing on my breathing. So in addition to focusing on relaxing those muscles that are being stretched, creating that stretch that the muscles can relax through, I'm gonna focus on slowing my breathing basically just by breathing out longer. Breathing is directly tied to the autonomic nervous system, that if I slow my breathing just by breathing out longer, that helps to beef up parasympathetic nervous tone, the part of the autonomic nervous system that relaxes the muscles, relaxes the total person. So it can, again, make stretching something that is enjoyable, something that you can actually look forward to doing. And if I repeat the stretch a second time, if I create a stretch that the muscles can relax through for as little as 15 seconds, just in the course of that single stretch position, it can decrease the tension in the belly or fibers of the muscle. So when I repeat that stretch a second time, the stretch should feel easier, more comfortable the second time than it felt the first time. So I'll get instantaneous feedback that what I'm doing is making a difference. And you know, people like results, people like accomplishment. And if you create that immediate gratification that, wow, this feels easier, more comfortable the second time than it felt the first time, it helps to make stretching something you can, you can look forward to doing something that you can enjoy doing. The other thing that, because stretching can be accomplished in such a short period of time, again, if I create a stretch for as little as 15 seconds that the muscle can relax through, I repeat it, you know, so in less than a minute, I can do two great stretches. So one thing that might be helpful in terms of building a habit of regular participation, creating a routine, is to take things that you're already doing and tie this new activity, a new stretch, 
to those activities. So as an example, every morning when I shave, I put one leg up on the countertop and I, I focus on, you know, stretching some of the hip extensors on the leg that's on the countertop. I focus on the leg that's on the floor. I straighten my body. I lean away from that side to stretch out the, the hip flexors, you know, the muscles whose main job is to lift or flex the leg at the hip, which tend to get tight for those of us that spend long periods of time sitting throughout the day. Now, it doesn't take me any more time to shave with, you know, getting the stretch than it would if I didn't. When I shower, I do a particular stretch. When I heat up water for tea in the microwave, I have a particular stretch that I do. So there are many activities that we do every day that we could tie a stretch to, you know, that would help us build that habit of regular participation. And hopefully we can look at stretching not as a way to reach farther, but the reality is even though you focus on relaxing the muscles, over time, you are going to increase the extensibility of your connective tissue. You are going to be able to reach through a greater range of motion. But as you create your stretches, just focus on relaxing those muscles that are being stretched, staying at that point just before those muscles contract. And it's a great way to communicate with your musculoskeletal system. You know, we rely on our muscles for every step we take and every breath that we take. So it's a great opportunity to tune in on your musculoskeletal system. Wow, that is really flipping the switch here. You know, we started out talking about how folks tend to think of exercising as an unpleasurable experience, as something that takes too much time. Does it put me into the right frame of mind if doing something that might hurt as I'm doing it? But you've really described something here that is completely opposite of that. First of all, you know, when you consider stretching to be a relaxation versus something that's tension and, and hurting, that right there is something that can cause somebody to get a whole lot of benefit out of doing something very simple. And when you say that it doesn't take you any more time to do the things that you normally do during the day, if we're intentional about adding these stretches into them, well, now it really sounds like something that anyone can do. So I'm thinking also about how funny it would look to walk in on somebody doing a stretch while shaving with one leg in the air, one leg on the ground, and then doing coordinated movements with the razor. So not only do you have one person getting a physical benefit, but then perhaps maybe there's some humor that comes out of it too, right? And actually, I inherited my mother's cat. So, and I, I'm not a cat guy, but I, and I thought cats were these creatures that were pretty aloof and left you alone. <laughs> but, but the cat is like crawling over the leg that's on the countertop. Uh, you know, he wants, as I'm shaving, as my elbow is moving, he's trying to put his head up against my elbow. So it's a lot more comical than, than you might think. So we get benefits for not only the stretcher, but also the observers, right? Uh, yes. Um, I'm thinking about our hospital folks who, you know, taking a couple of minutes or even a minute here and there this is a very effective strategy for them. And then of course the benefits that others around them would get by observing this, you know, we could really cause a revolution here. No, and I, I think that by modeling behaviors, you know, it, it can make it easier for others to adopt those behaviors. So if you're a little reticent to try something at work, maybe, you know, something that can give you a little bit more courage is the idea that maybe you can help to make a difference in their lives too. 
That's excellent. And then when we think about modeling, what can we do for our patients as well? If our patients are able to, to witness this, then maybe we can have a change happen in their lives as well. Peter, this is just amazing, life-changing information really with just small changes. Do you have any other thoughts for our listeners before we start to wrap up? What I would maybe do is touch quickly on, on the idea of cardio and strengthening exercises. One, you can do an effective strengthening exercise in less than two minutes. And as little as a single set done well can be very effective, you know, done as few as two well-spaced days per week. And I don't need a gym full of equipment. You know, I can create strengthening exercises, you know, with my body weight or with really simple things like rubber band resistance. So in approaching strengthening exercises, what I want to do to start is just do really easy, really comfortable sub-maximal repetitions. But once my muscles get used to, to doing the activity, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a progressive overload. I'm going to make those muscles work harder than they're accustomed to, to give them that good reason to grow and get stronger. So here's an example would be a push-up. And, and sometimes, you know, the, we think of push-up, we think of pushing away from the floor. But maybe the, the way to get started is to push away from the wall. And that what I'm going to do is I'm going to use this to reinforce good posture. So I'm going to create this at attention, exaggerated good posture position. So I'm going to you know, pull up on an imaginary rope that is connected to my sternum and straighten my back. I'm going to allow my shoulders to relax downwards, but I'm going to pull them slightly backwards. So I've got that military at attention posture. I'll put my hands at or below shoulder level. If it makes it easier to keep my wrists in a neutral position, I could put my knuckles against the wall. And I'll lean into and push away from the wall doing slow controlled movement. And that as my body gets used to that, when I get to the point where I'm used to it and I'm stopping because I'm bored with the motion, then I need to create something that's heavier, something that's harder. So that instead of pushing away from the wall, I can find a countertop. And I go from somewhat more vertical to somewhat more horizontal pushing more directly against the pull of gravity, ultimately I can push away from the floor. But I know once my muscles are used to doing the exercise, that if I push those muscles to the point where I create that burning sensation, where possibly I go to the point where I can't do another perfect repetition, then I know I am giving those muscles that great reason to grow and get stronger. So simply pushing those muscles to, to the point where you can't continue to execute Another perfect repetition, you create that burning sensation, you know, you know you're doing something that makes a difference. And you could do it as little as two well-spaced days per week, and you can do that strengthening exercise. Literally, you want to do it in less than two minutes of time, because you want to create not so much an endurance or an aerobic activity, but a resistive or strengthening activity, which will create that burning sensation, not the boredom, because you're doing so many repetitions. And in terms of cardio, we can accumulate cardio in short bouts throughout the course of the day. Health and Human Services, their guidelines reflect those of, of other major entities, but fairly recently they revised their guidelines, you know, that if I'm involved in things like brisk walking, what they would refer to as moderate intensity aerobic exercise, that I should try to accumulate 150 minutes of that activity throughout the course of a week. So one way to think about 150 minutes over a week is I could do 30 minutes every day, but it could be 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes in the evening. And they used to talk about 10 minute bouts, progressing to 10 minute bouts, but in the more recent guidelines, they've come to the conclusion that every step counts. 
And, and if I'm doing things that are more like running than brisk walking, more vigorous activity, that instead of 150 minutes per week, as little as 75 minutes per week can create the same significant health and fitness benefits. And that if I'm involved in very high intensity intervals, they've done studies where people say, get on an exercise bike, they warm up, they do 20 seconds of all out effort, then they recover um, maybe for the rest of that minute and another full minute, then they do another 20 seconds of all out effort, recover, do a third 20 second all out effort. And people that did as little as three 20 second intervals created significant improvements in their, their wind or stamina and created significant health benefits. So again, start small and that, that with the way exercise works, even small things done consistently can be very beneficial, but think big. Don't focus on a number on a scale. Think about the bigger picture that how it can help you with your mood, how it can be a way to maybe engage with others that if exercise literally helps us to think better, to feel better, to more effectively do things, you know, it, it literally enables us, whatever we consider important in our lives, you know, to be a better person, a better practitioner, a better parent, that I'm able to do any of those things more easily and more effectively if I'm involved in just a limited amount of physical activity on a regular basis. So maybe it could then become a core value, something that we look at is so important to us because it helps us to achieve the things that are important to us in our lives more easily and more effectively, that it, it's something that we become committed to and it's something that, that shapes our everyday choices. Well, it really sounds like this is a shift again in the way that the guidelines read and the way that we think about exercise. You know, I heard 20 second intervals for strength training. I heard one to two minutes of cardio blast. I heard real bite-sized chunks that anyone can do anywhere that collectively will improve their overall health and well-being. No, that's, that's absolutely true. That you know, moving more and sitting less, however you go about doing it. And of course, we have to be careful because our bodies are sneaky. You know, that if you do too much too soon, maybe your body won't even tell you about it while you're doing it. It'll wait until later that day, the next day, to let you know that you've done more than you're accustomed to. And although, again, big picture-wise, people that are regularly physically active have half the risk of developing or dying from heart disease, that physical activity can actually precipitate cardiovascular complications. So starting off with low-intensity activity and gradually progressing, and if you have underlying conditions or are older, seeking guidance from your clinician prior to increasing your activity is a good thing to do. Right. We want to definitely be safe. And I'm thinking about our folks in the hospital. Electronic charting makes us really lean in and relax those shoulders into the keyboard and the screen. And the exercise that you outlined, I, I felt myself doing it as you were describing and, and really, you know, kind of reversing some of the effects of that. And then I imagined myself right after my charting going over to the counter and just doing a, a couple counter push-ups as my interval and, and break in between my activities and how easy that is to do and how collectively it can make a huge difference. A push-up is one of the, you know, the main strengthening exercises that comes to people's minds and it's so easy to do. But in terms of, you know, of shoulder girdle health, you know, balance of the musculoskeletal system, 
perhaps in terms of, of our focus on strengthening and stretching, although we want to reinforce that good posture when we do the push-up, that you know the chest and front of the shoulders are already relatively stronger than the upper back and back of the shoulders. And if they're strong and tight, which they tend to be because we tend to spend prolonged periods of time with our shoulders forward or that kyphotic shoulder position, you know, that creates, you know, a lot of tension in those poor weaker muscles of the upper back, back of the shoulders that are fighting against the pull of the stronger chest in front of the shoulder muscles. So in addition to strengthening the chest, it's important to stretch out the chest in front of the shoulders and to strengthen the muscles of the upper back and back of the shoulders. And it's a little bit more challenging to strengthen the upper back and back of the shoulders. But if I just get a piece of rubber band resistance, I could wrap that rubber band resistance, say I'm in a seated position, I wrap that rubber band resistance around my feet and I could cross it over and then pull it backwards. And I'm gonna then pull with my upper back, back of the shoulders, front of the arms, muscles like biceps. I squeeze those shoulder blades together, hold momentarily without holding my breath and just then lengthen my arms going to the point where I start to lose resistance in that rubber band. So it's not very difficult to get a piece of equipment that'll allow you to do a simple strengthening pulling exercise. So push is good, but pull is also important and fairly easy to do as well. So I hope you heard that nurses out there that a rubber band is an amazing piece of equipment to add to your, your work bag and pulling it out for just a short interval can really add to all of the things that Peter's been telling us about today. He's been telling us about stretching, cardio, strength training, and really the benefits it has to both physical and mental well-being. And I think most of all is really flipping the switch from negative associations of long bouts of exercise to positive visualizations of exercise in smaller manageable chunks that you can build right into your everyday. Peter, I can't thank you enough for this information. It really is a time for us to sit back and reflect on how we can do things in the new normal versus the old normal. So thank you so much for being with us today. No, I really appreciate the opportunity. It was great having this time to talk with you and your listeners. Great. And we'll have to talk about bringing you back on to RN Huddle to give us some more amazing pieces of advice and really help us to move farther into our wellness journey. Well, that's all for this episode of RN Huddle. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and, and hearing Peter talk about wellness and, and lifestyle today. I'm going to give you a little challenge on our Twitter feed. I think it would be so wonderful to see how you're incorporating what we talked about today into your everyday. I think it would be so fun to make this go viral. Our, our 20 seconds of well-being incorporated into your workday, into your, your life, and collectively we can really make a big difference. So that's it for RN Huddle. Uh, hope to see you here next time for our next episode for Nurses by Nurses. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to RN Huddle. To stay connected, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at UNMC CNE or check out unmc.edu slash CNE for more program information.